You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. heavy stuff there in that trailer um yes hello uh very lovely dramatic opening uh welcome to fan critical welcome um mm. tonight uh it's myself len your your host and trusted uh impish friend gareth let's hello. go with sidekick hello, gareth. let's go with sidekick and i'll accept yeah. but impish yeah. is impish. too much that's too far Imp- impish sidekick yeah mm. powerful powerful sidekick well small in stature but yes he he has powers maybe he has some nordic powers maybe in fact you're kind of like um willem dafoe in this film you're i'm the king and you're my little jester that i've nurtured like a best friend Uh but is actually batshit crazy and ends up just being ahead um anyway enough of that because it's kind of spoilery but we're here to talk all things Northman, the Northman, if you will. Um, yes, yes, Robert Eggers' latest film mm. after his, what I think, amazing debut with The Witch and then the, uh, I would say, batshit crazy follow-up. Uh, the Lighthouse. But I love Absolutely it. mental. I love it. Mm. Mm. Me too. And, and just to say, like, if, if you have watched The Northman and then you're like, oh, I really like that. Well, if you want some kind of weirder stuff, Go check out The Witch. Go check out The Lighthouse. Um, and I think you'll see Eggers' stylistic and kind of wacky roots. Um, so <laughs> Wacky. You know, wacky. What a guy. What a crazy guy. Have you seen a picture of Robert Eggers? He, um, you, no, I haven't. What does he look like? Uh, go- Google it now. Just right, Google I'll it. So, yeah, it's, it's funny. It. Yeah, it's funny. We'll it? keep talking. It's fine. Okay. Um, cool. he, he, he just, it's just not what you expect. It's just not what you expect. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know which way that's <laughs> going to go now. Um, well. Right. That's mental. He's like the smoothest kind of 
beard oil yeah, model. Yeah, beard oil guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an interesting fellow. Um, so The Northman, me and Gareth previewed this film uh, in our 2022 preview. And the idea behind it was we were like, right, we love this director, but this is taking his film or his style of film, sorry, his auteurism to a new level, a level that, you know, has a bit more of a wider scope. I'd even be reticent to say that this is possibly a blockbuster. Who knows? Hmm. Um it, it falls in that sort of zone of the year where it could be called that. And me and Gareth obviously were supposed to review this film last week. Gareth, you had uh, gastro, didn't you? Mate, yeah, I struck down. I've been at fucking. I've been at death's door. Like, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, no chance of me mm. doing a podcast last week. There was yeah, yeah, little chance of me moving, let alone doing a podcast. So. It's, so. It's one of those things. Like, I was tempted to like, oh, should we put out like a social media post? We were going to do the podcast, but Gareth shit himself. Or do we just like, do we do we just just pretend like we're just doing it this week? So I was like, oh, we'll just tell him in the podcast what yeah, happened. But good. basically, have you have you seen um, Rick and Morty? Sort of um, what are they called, Gareth? Not the Avengers. The uh, the uh, v- <laughs> starts with a V. They are called. Yeah. The Vindicators. Vindicators. There's an episode where Rick just, they walk in and Rick's just, his ass is out. He's passed out on the floor and there's shit everywhere. Yeah. Um, and that essentially happened to Gareth. I mean. And what happened was he passed out. They had to call an ambulance and there was just shit and vomit everywhere. That's well, what I've heard, Gareth. <laughs> I mean, annoyingly, half of that's true, but um, but no, no diarrhea was involved. <laughs> No diarrhea was involved in the transaction. It was, um, I think it, yeah. But, but yeah, no, I like my wife and I both were very, very vomity and, um, and I passed out, which maybe says a bit more mm. about my, you know, um, my, my, my strength as a human being yeah. compared to hers. But mm. yeah, I was out for the count. Um, uh, yeah. No, <laughs> not, not good. no shit everywhere. Now I I will okay. say this though. I'm go on because obviously I knew you were going to come on here and give all the the banter. But just to let mm. you know, listener, banter, yeah. listener, Len was Len was quite touchingly concerned actually in Ooh. that in the fan in the fan critical group. He messaged everybody and said, "Hey, yeah, um, secret group guys, we're not we can't do the the pod. Gaz is Gaz is really unwell. Um, yeah." And you, you were worried, weren't you? He said, "I hope, I hope he's okay soon," didn't you? Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that's nice. If not, I've got loads of poo bags for the dog, and I thought I could not bring needed. them over. And just not help. needed. We don't yeah. need that. Um, so we also had a little situation where um, we needed to see this film pretty soon because we thought we were going to podcast last week, obviously before illness. But my mum and my nan came to visit, uh, so we're talking like I haven't seen them for like three years or something. Finally, international travel's open. They've never been to Australia. They come all the way out here. You know, my nan's 86. She's doing bloody well for her age. Very well. Um, very, doesn't very look well. a day over 76. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think she's, you know, mid-70s. Yeah. And um, I'm not, not that I'm, I'm a married man. I'm not sort of trying to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. We'll keep John away as well. Um, what, what I will say is, you know, we were thinking of things to do. And my mum loves going to the cinema and she loves like Viking and Norse stuff. Yeah, and I said, you know, Nan, do you, do you want to come 
see this film at the cinema. And she looked at me and she said, what? Uh, she's got a very like heavily Geordie accent. I can't do it. She goes, eh, that's what she says, eh, like that. And she said, I haven't been to the cinema for ages, she says. I said, what? When was the last time you were in the cinema? She said, I think I saw Jaws <laughs> in the yeah. cinema. It's a fair while away. I was just, I was just like, oh my God. That's like 50 years. That's like 1979 or something. Might even be earlier. What, um, what did she see? What was, the, what was the film she saw before that? I can't remember. It must be Casablanca or something. Who the fuck knows? So imagine I mean, that. Joke, imagine obviously. that in her like... F- <laughs> the the latest films that I've been to see are uh, Casablanca, mm. Jaws, mm. and Robert Eggers' new movie, The Northman. <laughs> Honestly, there were points during this movie. In the end, she didn't come. Yeah, dear listener, she decided that was not good, and then my mum didn't come. Either I was gutted because I was, I, was I, yeah. I don't think I don't think I've had a cinema trip with your mum, and it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. I, I know. Yeah. I like lived next door to her for a number of years. It would have been. Tremendous, mm. but I, and I was like, finally, I'm getting a cinema trip with Joy. I know what this is going to be like. Um, sorry, Joy's her name, just, um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jump for Joy. She would have been talking through the whole film. Like, this is fucking yep. shit, isn't it, Alex? Um, yeah, they won't <sighs> stop much in their popcorn, fucking hell. <laughs> Shut up, Danny. Why's it got um, to be so loud? No- you know, there were points during this film where I was like, it's a good thing my nan didn't come to see this because it's fucking bonk. Like, even though it's Egger's most like mainstream, sort of normal, mainstream, normal film, it's yeah. still got some fucking bonkers moments in there. But let's get into that now. We're going to the first bit of this podcast will be spoiler free thoughts. Um, and then we'll jump into the plot and just uh, go through some some things that we really enjoyed. Um, this is what Rotten Tomatoes has, has summarised, Gareth. A, a bloody revenge epic and breathtaking visual marvel, the Northman finds filmmaker Robert Eggers expanding his scope without sacrificing any of his signature style. 89%. Hmm. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty yeah. damn good, considering I, I think the film is, you know, like I said, it's it's um, it's got some out there moments. So I want some spoiler Free thoughts from you here, Gareth. And then, of course, the patented blueberry system. Please give it a lovely score. I will. Um, actually, because it's like mostly set in, in Iceland, should we give it sort of, I don't know, like frozen sardines or something? That's kind of more appropriate yeah, they, than blueberries. They're not getting yeah, blueberries. Fem- no, they love uh, fermented fish yeah, fermented in fish. Iceland. We'll give it, uh, how many fermented fish will you give it? Same scale, one to five. There can be no halves of fermented fish. No, of course not. If you do, it'll crumble everywhere if you try and halve it. Mm, flaky. Yeah. Um, I, so I think, I think I brought this up in our little preview of the year podcast because um, this was the film that I was, that I picked out as my most anticipated. Me, me, me. So self-centered. Um, it's unbelievable. Anyway. I did this. Go so <laughs> I am just going to say I was right to pick that out mm. as uh, as my most mm. anticipated film because it's fucking awesome. Um, it is, I mean, it's drawn some, it's drawn some comparisons in the media with, uh, with Gladiator, um, which I feel, I yeah. find really strange. Um, I, cause I, it's not, and it's, it's got nowhere near the mass appeal of that. And, you're right to say it's Egger's most mainstream film, but it's still weird in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. And there are going to be a lot of people who who don't appreciate this film. But for me, like, I was hooked. The, the, 
opening scene is like just I don't know the the music is so sort of chaotic and you're like the mu- the music's phenomenal the music's it's, phenomenal yeah but but more precise more specifically it's like like the music just sort of I don't know it doesn't <laughs> the opening scene it's like there's all sorts of sounds going on it's like, way, 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 yeah, way. it's, it's like, proper boom, tribal boom, boom, boom. like but Nordic tribal you know it's it's like you know the you know the Icelandic clap. Gareth is the football one. You know the Viking noise. The Viking clap. Sort of yeah. the, the, the sky. The Skyrim noise. You know the Dragonborn yeah. noise. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like the the soundtrack is. You know the sound is bewildering. Bewildering, bewildering and chaotic. And, and yes, but I love that shit. Uh, I love it to bits. So do I. And it had me hooked from the first moment. Um, I would like to think that's because of you know my Viking heritage, so it sort of tapped mm. tapped right into that. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, so I, I was in from the start, and I was like, I know this is going to be a bit weird. Um, if anything, I'd say it's it was not weird enough because I wanted I want it I yeah. want it to be super bizarre. Um, mm. But you know, it it's. Do you know? I I I was just thinking, if I'm going to compare it to another film, like this is this is a, an equally weird shout as Gladiator, maybe, but just in terms of sort of, I don't know. There there are some elements to it that remind me of it. Apocalypto, um, Mel Gibson, yeah, is Mel Gibson directed. <clears throat> I love that movie. Yes, directed. Yeah. Um, great film. And underrated. Underrated. Very underrated film. Um. This kind of reminded me of that, like in that there's like a really sort of simple kind of basic element to the storyline, which is just in this Mm -hmm. case, revenge, like revenge boy grows up wants revenge. Um, And Apocalypto is sort of the opposite is more like man wants to survive Mm -hmm. somebody trying to kill him. It's the sort of simple, like straight down the line narrative, but with like craziness happening all around it um and yeah i i love this movie um the the shots of iceland are unbelievable i said to you afterwards yeah, i was like maybe. they should like iceland just needs to sort of remove the gore from this and just use it as their tourism board advertising yeah. like stunning unbelievable um that alone is enough but um it's it's brilliant Br- brilliantly acted um brilliantly directed and it is weird it's not as weird as other eggers stuff but it's mm. weird enough um i don't think it will have the mass appeal that that you know something like gladiator had um but it's it's definitely got appeal for me so it gets mm. five fermented fishes ah yes five of the finest fermented fishes lovely 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 um you know like you said gareth this is a this is a revenge story and the gladiator thing is interesting because it it's like it is a blockbuster in a way but it's an intelligent one and one with more style than uh, you would usually get you know even when i think back to something like 300 which I yeah. also think is a stylistic um, sort of very, very period piece about war and battling and whatnot. I think to that and I think that's got style, but has it got substance? Mm. 
you know and i think this this definitely has substance and style but unfortunately as we know that means it's not going to necessarily hit the mainstream market because it isn't a popcorn movie you don't really sit during this film and go oh yeah this is this is fun uh, you sit through this film going, what the fuck is going on? And then, you know, there's intense battles and abs everywhere. And you're just like, Jesus, you're just completely confused. So many abs. So many abs. Um, not as many as 300, mind. That was a bewildering time for me. The, it inspired <laughs> me to go to the to the gym. Yeah. And I still am chasing those abs. One day that will pay To off. this very day. Mm. Uh, I actually even, Gareth, did a 300 the actual workout regime that the uh, the the actors did for 300 i did that quite intensely for a few months and almost got there but uh, unfortunately it's it's very hard to keep that up without a personal trainer so the, well let's let's do you know, the uh, let's do the northman <laughs> patreon the northman, yeah, the northman. Um, well, i actually watched uh, the guy who trained Skarsgård. Uh, he did a video on youtube and the the amount of food the guy ate was insane I'll try and he, know, find he is it again. looking unbelievable mm. in this film. Scar's Guard. Oh yeah. Oh my word. Yeah. yeah, that was one of my notes here. But I will say, Gareth, the thing that we didn't mention about this film is it is very much Shakespearean. This film yes. feels like a Macbeth, a Hamlet, um, a Lion King. It, it had <laughs> a Lion King. It has that Shakespearean feel to it. Um, it has a slight obtuseness with some of the language. And some of the, uh, the you know, translations and the way that they speak it seems very ye old, but in Norse ways. Um, and it has that thing that Eggers does brilliantly, which is it treads the line between what is real and what is in your character's mind and what is he saying is actually supernatural here. And that is something that Eggers has done fantastically throughout his his films. There are always supernatural elements, but they are left up to you, the audience, and the characters to believe or not believe in what is going on. And there's several moments in this film that do that, which I absolutely love. And when he goes for the supernatural visuals, they're stunning, like uh, Valkyries and Valhalla and Draugr demons and all this stuff. It's awesome. Does that Valkyrie have braces? Yeah, it was cool, man. It's like metallic war braces. Anyway, that's a spoiler warning. <laughs> that's what your parents hammer. told you when <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you go out to the um, dentist. No, don't worry, mate. Yeah. They're, you, uh, they're metallic like war braces. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. You look awesome. You're, you're going to carry fallen soldiers to Valhalla. Um, but yeah, the mood completely wowed me and just left me like scared and loving it. Um, I love Norse mythology. And I felt that this film mixed and we talked about this after the film but it mixed basically so many of my favorite films into one which was like midsummer by ariasta like some of the folky mm. music and the chants and just some of the vibe the the horrorish vibe it had um the witch the isolation the dark palette the sort of supernatural elements anna taylor joys in it again and then you had the lighthouse which had elements of madness um, you know, and just the way of that certain characters are just partic- uh, depicted and stuff. And I just thought, I thought it was an absolute cacophony of, of things that I have enjoyed about um, sort of folk horror um, and sort of Nordic storylines, even things like Game of Thrones, Vikings, whatever you want to say. And, and, and Skyrim. I know you mentioned it earlier. And Skyrim, but, yeah. You know, 
Skyrim. Skyrim's yeah. a big, big feature there. Hundred percent. And 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 when I see something that makes me think of all these things that I love, I'm going to come away giving this five blueberries because even though it made me have nostalgia for those films that I saw, it also did its complete own thing. Um, the visuals were amazing. Like I think it's, it's, he's done a fantastic job creating things that I've not really seen before. Yeah. And I think any time that a film does that, like when I saw Interstellar for the first time and, you know, the depiction of a black hole and, and just that was the first time that's ever been done like in any sort of cinema. And it was mind blowing to see that on a huge IMAX screen with the sound and everything. And, and with this, with those Icelandic, you know, landscapes, volcanoes, the, I don't know, the Valhalla, you know, all this stuff. I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. So I, I can't praise it highly enough, really. And uh, I'm just gutted that my mum didn't get to see it because I think she would have really enjoyed it, Gareth. Do you think, think she would have? It. Do you think it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been she too would have loved it. out there for her? I think she would have said, oh, some of it's a bit silly, isn't it? But it's bloody good. I think she would have said that because some of it is very out there. But she watches a lot of stuff, Gareth. All right. She so loves watching films. For any listeners who are considering taking their mums to, to watch it, Len says yeah. do it. Do it. Just do it. Go for it. If you're on the fence, no, genuinely, if you are on the fence about seeing this film, I would recommend going to see it because I guarantee you'll see something you haven't really seen before. Yeah. Um, I think that's... Close, one of the close... I, mm. I, I think that's a really, really key point, actually, is that it it is, like, although it's, although it's sort of... A linear story, a very normal story. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a, yeah, relatively basic narrative structure it's like nothing you have seen before in the cinema this this is a totally unique film um yeah it is unique and i think it the closest thing i could think of i I saw the most recent iteration of macbeth um with michael fassbender and i saw it about i think it's michael fassbender in that one and i saw it like four years ago and visually it's unbelievable the film is crazy but it still like sits in that play sort of genre because of mm. the obtuse language and stuff and it kind of reminded me of that so that's the Shakespeare element again but like definitely give it a go I think it's one of my favourite films of the year so far um, what else has there been and um, Spider-Man No Way Home oh yeah that was alright but this is better um, Severance not film TV show brilliant <laughs> 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 No, I think uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange next week. Very excited for that. Um, uh, there's lots of stuff going on, Gareth. Come on, come on now. But this is this has been excellent. Nope, which is also in our preview. But anyway, it hasn't been. You're you're saying this is nonsense. You you're having a go at me June? for films that haven't come out yet. June. June was last year. Was it? Jesus, time flies. Anyway, let's stop talking about this bollocks. It was just bloody good. All right, five. I gave it five blueberries, Gareth. What do you mean That's blueberries? Get, they don't eat that. Need to give it. Five fermented flaky fish Excellent. coming your way, and, uh, Robert Eggers. I'm sure he's listening. Um, right, if you if you don't want spoilers, um, please switch off now because we're about to go after this Nordic tribal chanting. Um, we're going to go into the spoilers for the Northmen. <laughs>
All right, Gareth, what we're going to do is I'm actually going to take it back to sort of what we used to do and go through the plot because it's not very long. But before we did that, I just wanted to say, have you heard of the legend of Amleth, who is the main character in this film? See, I recognise the name because I've got a book. Mm. Um, uh, it's a it's a lovely looking book. Um, that is, it's just called Norse mythology. Um, cool. And I thought I'd heard the name, but um, I couldn't place it. It's a mm. it's a legit legit. Yep. Legend. This is a a Scandinavian legend, and there's several interpretations of the legend. Um. There's like a Saxo translation and then some other fucking really smart historical name translation. Um, I've done my research, so don't worry about it. Um, but basically, uh, it's the direct inspiration. Uh, Amleth is the direct inspiration for Hamlet. So well, there you go. Hamlet, Hamlet, the Prince of Denmark, obviously. Um, and if anyone isn't familiar with Hamlet, I suggest you go uh, read it because it is good. But it's once again Shakespeare. Yeah, uh, read, very, watch very it. Obtuse. Don't worry about reading. Watch. Yeah, it's um, and that's what I mean. You can definitely tell that this it feels like a Shakespearean tragedy. That, that there's elements of like, you know, Oedipus complex in there. There's elements of revenge. There's uh, yeah. you know, regicide. Family, <laughs> families all die. Like you know, you 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 can see it just dripping with it. Hmm. Um. But I thought it was interesting that that this 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 Amleth character, you know, Alexander Skargar's character, is essentially based on you know Scandinavian folklore. This was co-written with a Icelandic poet with Eggers as well. So it's got this, it's got that sense of, you know, when we listen to Icelandic bands, Gareth, and sort of how we feel that they translate the landscape into their music, and I kind of feel like this guy has translated Iceland beautifully in this film mm. um that makes sense so yeah yeah i mean look it, just a little bit of history there for you before we kick off the the old, the old plot but well it's eight, um it's funny on. because like you know i guess most people look at this film and go oh look it's just this this story is just copying that of hamlet but mm. actually it's going back to the roots that hamlet copied so yeah, That's right. Shakespeare's so, the real fraud here. <laughs> he bloody is, mate. I'll tell you something. He gets a lot of credit, Shakespeare, but look, he's ripping off fucking fairy tales left, right, and centre. So Making up don't words. even get me started on Mid- Midsummer's Night Dream. Don't even get me started. Anyway, um, yeah. In AD 895, uh, King Orin War Raven, pretty cool name, yeah, that's returns not to his kingdom on the island of Hufferdsney. Uh, it's not as good as overseas. <laughs> not as good a name, no. is it? No, after his overseas conquests and is reunited with his wife, Queen Gudrun, and his son and heir, Prince Amleth. To prepare Amleth to one day be king, the two participate in a spiritual ceremony overseen by Arvrandil's jester, Hymir, who is played by William Defoe, who is once again, bat- yeah, whatever, William, Willem, you know, I'm mates with him, so it's William, all right? Well, um, just saying, if you are his mate, he's going to be angry at you for getting his first nah, name wrong. Nah, we banter. We've got a lot of banter, so it's, you'd love it. Um, he's a he's a he's a jester in this Gareth. Yeah, he's a another batshit crazy character. Well, uh, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, this is it's really common for directors to love working with the same actors, but um, oh yeah, I did reflect on how many actors appear in this that um, Eggers yeah. has already worked with. 
And yeah, like Defoe, <laughs> Defoe is so good in The Lighthouse. He's so good in it. Mm. Um, oh, he's unreal. And, and so is Pattinson, to be fair. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. No, no, yeah. no doubt. Oh, well, I wasn't going to talk about him because he's not in this film. So True. Um, but what I will say is, you know, Nicole Kidman plays um, Queen Gudrun, and hmm. I thought she was phenomenal in this film as well. I, I, I thought she was I thought she was excellent, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Now, mate, I'm telling you something. She's going through some sort of... Renaissance. Renaissance, bro. I, every time I watch her recently, I'm like, you are really good actress I've, like you know i i, I don't know what i don't know past. what it is i don't know what it is um but i find her really off-putting i find her really i don't know there's something about her that just doesn't Ooh. work as an she's actor australian for me it might That's be a fact she's australian and you know mm. i i live with well two now i suppose don't i too many of them um, too many of them if anything so I don't I. know. I, I guess I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't distracted by her in this film it, mm. or like off put, but it. I was a bit like, I'm not sure Nicole Kidman's the right fit for this. I I, I think that hearing her name attached to it, I'd have been like, oh, that's weird. But then when I actually saw her, I thought she was very, very powerful, very sort of. Uh, subdued when she needed to be because you know she she goes through a whole range in this film mm. um but basically this scene with the you know they pretended to be dogs and stuff is proper batshit crazy like it is awesome uh and it's basically the king teaching skarsgård as a child uh that the tree of kings basically you know he tastes his blood and he sees the tree of kings and his lineage and it's delving into that mythos of nordic mythos like seeing the tree of kings which i thought was quite cool um you know, um, uh, you know, very Eggers start to this film, um, backed up with phenomenal sort of tribal Skyrim esque dragonborn music, which you've heard in this podcast already. It was also um, that that tree and the visualization of it was. Um, I'm going to say kind of specifically, <laughs> without wanting to sound too pretentious, but it was very like Song of Ice and Fire rather than Game of Thrones, mm. like. It's the sort yeah. of thing that would be described in the books. Yeah, by, by George R. R. Martin. Yeah. yeah. And they, they never would have shown it in the show. No. Um, because would they have, fucked it up it towards the end. Too, but anyway. Too weird for them. So the next morning, as they emerge from their, you know, weird ritual, uh, masked warriors led by the king's brother, Fjolnir, ambush and murder him. Uh, after seeing his village massacred and his mother taken, uh, away by Fiona, the uncle. Amleth flees by boat, swearing to avenge his, fa- his father, save his mother, and kill Fiona. Now, I which didn't... Which is what you've heard heard in the trailer. I didn't uh, realise... Multiple times. Until afterwards that uh, Fiona is Ethan Hawke. <laughs> like, that... Holy shit, I did not even know that. No, so... I, I that I, is I remember I, I I had heard that Ethan Hawke was in this film but I I'd forgotten about it completely and um and yeah when I looked afterwards and I was like who was Fiona cuz like he was cool like he was very cool um yeah he was cool and uh, again I, I mean maybe similar I to how you felt how you felt about Nicole Kidman beforehand I would have been like Ethan Hawke as a viking nonsense what's going on but nonsense um, here it, actually in practice phenomenal phenomenal mm. Mm. he's a great mm. he's a great scar he is he's essentially scar yeah he's like that 
Um, so later on, Amleth, this is years and years later, is found by a band of Vikings who sort of embody the wolf. It's pretty cool. Like that berserkers. Yeah. Uh, and they attack berserkers. this yeah. little they attack this little village. Uh, there's this amazing like one shot of like the battle as Skarsgård as you see him now with the best abs you've ever seen uh, since 300. Um, since Len's attempt at axe. the 300 workout. Correct. Yeah. Walking around just axing people to death uh, and raiding this village. Um, he sees a little witch who tells him, look, you got to go. you got to go do, uh, do your revenge. Little witch thing. who's Bjork. By the way, who is Bjork? Yeah, fucking another thing that doesn't make any sense, but then does work. Um, but Bjork, and he's like, it, oh yeah, she sort of um, in this film, she's she speaks all of her lines. She doesn't sing anything, but she's got yeah, like right. a Bjork esque way of I don't know talking. Like it, you can imagine every one of those lines that she says being in a Bjork song, like in that way. I don't know. She's she's in, she's such a like for somebody who's made it so mainstream, she's so weird. Like, Bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's it's cool. The, it's weird, cool. the weird ones get through, Gareth. Sometimes the weird ones <laughs> slip through the cracks. <laughs> yes, um, that's true. Uh, Amleth then decides, actually, yeah, actually, forgot about that. Got to go do this revenge <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. Turns out though that Fjol- Fjolnir was overthrown by Harold of Norway, which is quite cool. Yeah, actual and, history, uh, like historical actual history there. Mm-hmm. And he's ex- he's been exiled to Iceland, right? Now, I was like, awesome, we're going to Iceland. This reminds me of my trip to Iceland when I rocked up on the coast after a ter- terrifying sea journey um, and then got to see the beautiful northern lights and the, the geysers or geysers, whatever you want to call you them. Just flew with, that, didn't you? Uh, I did. Uh, we've got a first waterfall and all the amazing natural Landed landscapes. In and I knew Reykjavik International Gareth, Airport. Yeah, got a coffee. That's right. But I knew that you would be sitting next to me when this film was going on, going, "God, I'm so jealous of Len because he's been to Iceland." Uh, do, you, do you know? I honestly, I, you, I'll tell you what my honest thoughts were. I was like, "I'm so frustrated that I haven't been to Iceland, <laughs> and I'm so frustrated." Because I know in the podcast, Len's going to bring it up and be like, I've been to yeah, Iceland. Boy. I'm basically mm-hmm. in this film because I've been to Iceland. And Correct. it would annoy the shit out of me. And guess what? It has. It has. <laughs> exactly right. Um, so this is quite interesting. Now, Amleth, um, you know, he he's uh, posing as a slave to get into this, uh, you know, kind of gladiator-like. So once again, a callback to gladiator. He's posing as a slave, but a fellow slave played by Anna Taylor Joy. Um, is it Olga? I think her name's Olga. Olga, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, they strike up a little connection, um, which is quite cool. And she's kind of like a witch sort of type character who believes in like nature and the earth and stuff like that, which is quite cool. I kind of thought it was basically her continuing her character from the witch essentially which i thought was quite interesting <laughs> thought you were going to say from imagined... the queen's gambit i was like well they're quite different <laughs> yeah yeah i mean she, she you know bloody good series that even though chess is quite dull they made it very interesting uh shout out to one of our friends rob who finds chess very fascinating and for that i am you know i applaud you i i, I really do 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he he does try and talk to us about it, and um, yeah, we immediately shut Listen. him down. Um, Porn to Queen Seven. Does that make any sense? Probably not. Probably not. Anyway, um, they get to Iceland and they're taken to Fiona's farm. Now, how cool is this guy, right? He's been exiled to Iceland, but yet Iceland's fucking amazing. And he's like the king of Iceland. <laughs> well, what the fuck's going on there? No, yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't think he's the king of Iceland necessarily. He's the king of... Seems it. He's the, he's the king of his, <laughs> his patch of Iceland, which... His farm. His farm. They've got like a farm. His farmstead. Yeah. Like his, his lands. Like he's got his lands. And that's absolutely fine. Yeah. I mean, mm. <laughs> if I was going to be exiled, I'll tell you what, that's fine. That is absolutely fine with me. Um, Basically what ensues from here, because I'm not going to go through everything because it'd be absolutely ridiculous. But uh, what ensues from here is, is Amleth is sort of playing the slave, but secretly figuring out how he's going to kill and torment Fjolnir mm-hmm. um, and rescue his mother who is now Nicole Kidman who is now married to Fjolnir and they have born a son um, so there's a lot of really incestuous things going on here uh, in terms of bloodlines and whatnot. Um so it's you know Shakespeare again but it's it's very complicated isn't it Gareth um, well it is this is where the mythos mythos comes into it one set it's just that he he gets this sword which is sort of this prophesied sword this hell blade that is, it can only be used at night and it needs to be fed because he gets hungry but there's this sort of mythos around the sword this is very skyrim gareth this is like you get given a mission um and you have to you complete these loads of quests and you can finally get this legendary sword but you can only use it at night and if you use it at night it gets superpowers yeah you know what i mean yeah i love it yeah it's very skyrim um i just to go back one step though uh because i do i do love this sword um but to go back one step in terms of the complexity of it um and the incestuousness it is complex because there's now a, a son of Fjolnir and and, and Amleth's mum, um, Gundar, uh, Queen uh, Gundar, I think it is. Yeah, and Nicole Kidman, um, Queen yeah. Nicole Kidman, Gar, Queen Kidman, Da. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is kind of problematic for Amleth, but he also yeah. has like some sort of internal like brotherly loyalty towards him which we kind of we we I, th- I think that's what's being shown in that you know that that sport scene that hurling scene yes um, yes uh, so they play this amazing uh, one of one of your favorite sports um i believe gareth it's called kanatlikia yeah kanatlikia <laughs> Um, Amazing this hasn't like caught on. Mm. There's no English Premier League of the Canatical year. Yeah, it's like 5v5. You've got to hit a ball against the opposite post. And it's also like murder ball because <laughs> when it's in the middle, <laughs> yeah. it's just like you can just kill each other. Yeah. And he saves his half brother. Um, so, yeah, you're right. He does feel some sort of internal strife. Um you also find out that you know he he wants to 
save him now as well so it's it's an interesting situation for him it's it, um, but, but that scene of the um canal hip for the year is um yeah. mm-hmm. i don't know very reminiscent of the many times I was that say harry potter i was gonna say uh, yes yes <laughs> i mean i know that i know that you're a big potter fan um or oh, big time I was actually going to personalise this even more. It reminds me of of our many times together on the football field, Len. Um, you know, I'm the I'm the young talented one, and you're the thug. Mm. But if you yes. see me go down, if you see somebody take me out, you're in like a shot, aren't you? Defending yeah, my honour. Definitely. You even got sent off this weekend, and you weren't there. Unbelievable. Because of the I'm a, I'm, the I'm apparently a wrench. I'm a, I'm a hooligan. I'm a hooligan. You are. You, I mean, that is the role that you play on a football field. Um, yeah, the scumbag. Be proud of it. The absolute scumbag. Be proud of um, it. The goon. But yeah, the goon squad. Um, but yeah, basically what ensues is um, Anna Taylor-Joy's character, Olga, and Amleth basically... I would liken it to like the seven plagues, Gareth. Like they... They come up with multiple methods throughout several different days yep. of slowly uh, whittling down the um, sanity of Fjolnir and the Queen uh, by murdering people viciously at night and then organizing the corpses into a horse or something like that. So they think it's like religious and that lot. Also poisoning um, their soldiers with mushrooms that make them kill each other yeah. and sort of you know, <laughs> scratch themselves. their face yeah. off. Mm. Uh, as well as you know eventually amleth um basically confronts the queen and says look hey um i'm your son i'm here to save you this is i'm here to save you and there's this moment in the film where you always knew there was going to be a turn like how is this going to twist and it's essentially that the queen uh instigated the coup with fiona against the, the his Amleth's father, the king, uh, because she actually didn't love the king at all. And she actually loved Fjolnir because he was caring and this lot. And she ordered the death caring of her son. Caring and this Amleth. lot. <laughs> yeah, Put that yeah, on your Tinder yeah. profile. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm mm, caring and that caring lot. Caring and that. Yeah. Um, so she actually ordered the murder of Amleth. And he can't believe this. And he can't hurt her because it's not something he believes in at this point anyway um so in a bloody rage this is a phenomenal twist by the way like oh yeah i I, think it's really good i think it's it's really good and it's it's so shakespearean like yeah even the way she approaches him gareth is very sexual oh yeah like she says she says like look if you kill fjolnir you can have me as your own and that's that oedipus thing coming into it again which is kind of fucked up um well, it's not kind of fucked up. It is fucked up. Um, How many you know, cinema trips I'm, you've been I, on with your mum? <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> anyway, um, he runs out and in a bloody rage, he executes uh, their oldest born, uh, which was... So his cousin. No relation to his cousin. And cuts out his heart, which prevents his... Um, passage. His funeral, get passage to Valhalla, essentially. Um, which infuriates Fjolnir even more. Fjolnir now knows that Amleth is the one who's doing this. He realises he should have killed him ages ago. He thought he was dead. Um, And, you know, Anna Taylor-Joy at this point and Amleth try to flee and, you know, 
it's revealed that she's pregnant with his heirs and he has a choice to make his choice is he can leave revenge behind and start a new life or he can let revenge consume him and he sort of chooses the second option well or third option which is I, yeah. which is a bit of both He's, yeah. he says it's a bit of both um so i think is, i think gonna, i think it's interesting yeah. i think because you're right that's that's the initial the initial dilemma is do you let go of revenge or do you let mm. revenge destroy you and he decides yep. i'm gonna let go and go and start a new life but he does what he concludes is kind of a it's a logical development is he when he because he then finds out that um olga's she's pregnant, pregnant with his yeah, kids with twins um yeah. and he says well this isn't about revenge anymore my kids aren't going to be safe whilst fjolnir is alive yeah because revenge breeds revenge it never exactly ends it's right. like classic stories that you hear this it always just goes too far no one can ever let it go um Big theme of The Last of Us Part 2, for anyone who's played that. Revenge. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Let it go. Um, and let it go. Frozen. Lovely, lovely film. Um, but I will say that he he sort of says, look, you know, the let, you take our kids. They're the heirs to the throne. They're going to be kings and queens. Um, I need to go finish this. Uh, so he swims back. Because of the he swims Nordic back. thing, finish. Yeah. yeah, got that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good that. Uh, he swims back to coast to the shore with the fermented fish where they all like collect them and that and then he he decides oh, i'm gonna fucking decimate everyone in this fucking farm yeah including he says there's his... there's no way you're getting out of here alive <laughs> yeah 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 he says he says i'm gonna kill you dan and Mark. Oh. You like that? <laughs> oh, so shit. <laughs> you like that one? No. That is so shit. I love and it. No, no then he terrible. says, th- no, Gaz, then yeah. he says, oh, yeah, how are you going to kill me? He says, I'm going to Estonia. That's quite good. That's quite good. <laughs> well done. Well done. Cool, that. John would have liked that one. Yeah, he would yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm impressed. Good, that. Very good. All right. Good. Anyway, let's crack on. So he kills his mother, Gareth, and he kills his father fucking half brother well and this is where it's full shakespeare yeah this is fucking full shakespeare at this point but he, this is like he doesn't tragedy. he doesn't want to kill he doesn't want to kill his brother his brother's Gund- gundogan or whatever he's called yeah um, <laughs> he played nah. for man city does he <laughs> ilkai <laughs> gundogan um he's on his back stabbing him like a lot yeah it's like jesus christ yeah. stop it yeah yeah i mean i will say like it's it's a brutal scene it's it's just so brutal. Like he murders his mother, he kills his half brother. Fiona walks in, just oh. drags the corpses away. Yeah, and then it's like, I'll meet you at the gates of hell. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, I, this is gonna get. I'll tell you what. And mentally speaking, he is not Copenhagen. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not coping very well, is he? No. Yeah, <laughs> It's called uh, Hope Copenhagen. It's not called Copenhagen. <laughs> it's the capital city of Denmark. Copen very well. <laughs> that one doesn't work. True, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, but the gates of hell is is something that if people don't realise this, this is quite interesting. Um, so the sword that um, Amleth receives 
in a sort of supernatural manner, or you're led to believe it's well, a supernatural blade. See, uh, yeah, oh, can, it's, I, it's can I just say, it's a vision. Yeah, yeah, I reckon maybe, maybe this is. I'm not going to say a misstep, but it's one bit where I was like, ah. Uh, because they did the whole supernatural scene where he fights the corpse, gets the sword. The Draugr, yeah. The Draugr. Yep. And, then, and then sort of showed that that didn't actually happen. And Yes. I was a but bit like, did it, it could have... Mm. But this is the thing. It's, it's leading into what these characters believe. It's giving you events that happen and it's letting you interpret like, oh, is this, you know, is there a Valhalla? Is there this stuff in this film? What is going on? The gates of hell is literally the foot of a volcano. And anyone that doesn't realize Iceland actually has like over 200 active volcanoes on it. Sits on fucking sits cool. on divergent plates. So Iceland is mm. literally being torn asunder. Yeah. Uh, so you would think Iceland, yeah, cold. And it is cold and it is very um, tundra-esque at times. But in the summer, it gets very hot. And not only that, it... Um, it has volcanoes all over the place and you can go to the, you know, the, the top of some of these volcanoes. Some are small and some are very large. Um, <laughs> so it's very cool. Like, honestly, go to Iceland. If you ever get a chance, it's an amazing, amazing place. Thanks, Britannica.com. Um, that's okay. Um, but the thing about this sword is that although it can only be used at night, the only other place that it can be used is at the gates of hell, which I thought was very interesting and very lovely. And very convenient. Um, and very convenient. What ensues, Gareth, is what I like to call a ultimate showdown, a final boss, if you will, in a video game. And it does very much. It feels to me like a Naughty Dog game. Like if this was The Last of Us or this was Uncharted, this is like a final boss encounter where you, you, you're you in control, but it kind of plays out with like um, quick time events. Like you press triangle now to block oh no spam r1 because he's got the upper hand um what i will say gareth is they fight naked at the foot of a volcano at the sort of on the side of a volcano imagine mount doom you know an erupting volcano like it it has Mm. it's kicking off Mm. and visually fuck me it's unreal it is unreal it's awesome it's just something i haven't really seen it is star wars-esque um but Yes, but it's, jewel of the fates. But it's yes, but it's not like I think that would be a really I think that would be an easy comparison to make, but it would mm-hmm. be missing the point mm-hmm. so, somewhat. Like this is yeah, because this is this is this is based on Norse like Viking history and mythology and yeah, um, and these are places that exist and it's it's how it would have been seen. Um, so I think it's really important and I don't I don't think I hope that nobody kind of watches that scene and think it's deri- thinks it's derivative of of stars nah, but I, it's I think they they watch it and think I've got the high ground don't even try it Anakin <laughs> and then he tries it yeah. and then what happens yeah. <laughs> um but uh, and and in terms of the actual like fight scene it's it's so like raw and visceral and brutal yeah. and so we get to a point where basically Amleth has has had his, both of his arms like severed severed like they're like they are yeah. they they're fucked hanging by a thread yeah i mean not quite by a thread because he wouldn't but <laughs> but he would die <laughs> he yes. would be done but it's they're hanging by their like 
a couple of ligaments. You can see he's had a, yeah, the, a bad day at the office. He's in a bad way. <laughs> like even if he gets out of this, he's not he's not pursuing a career as a spin bowler mm. uh, in cricket or yeah. anything. Um, can I just tell you a little fact, Gareth, before we continue? Do you know they uh, CGI'd the genitalia in this scene? I didn't know that. Um, so. I don't know what that says about Skarsgård and Hawks Cox, <laughs> but one of them has a little dinkler, I think. <laughs> uh, um, I imagine it's. Do you know what? I imagine it's Skarsgård. I feel like I feel like Hawk would be fine. Pack, packs a punch. Yeah. You feel like yeah, some things you can't train, Alexander. <laughs> Correct. Okay, yeah. you may have the abs, but the cocketh not cometh for you. Well, it might cometh. I don't know. Anyway, I'm sure it works. Yeah. Um, oh, it's probably. Just, yeah. Um, Surely. No, that is interesting. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, look, it's it's brutal and um and and yeah, visually lost your chain of thought oh, now after the cocks. I'm just thinking about the cocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's changed? <laughs> Luckily, neither of them go for the cock, um, which is very easy shot, gentlemanly well. of them. Um, but it's it's an amazing scene, I think. And 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 the point the point that I was trying to make actually is when when Skarsgård when Amleth has both of his arms fucked, and he's like he's so out of breath, and he's sort of like. Sort of the, the camera's just on his face. Yeah, and, and he's, he's like, like crying, like... sort of like, and he's like, "I can't believe I've done all of this, and and I'm not, gonna and I'm not going to get yeah. my revenge." And yeah, and I and I and I, I there, there was a bit of me, there was a bit of me that thought he's going to just cut his head off, and it's going to be done, and yeah. it's going to be yeah. brutal. And I l- loved the fact that he managed to just. He 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 knew he knew he was dead. He knew he was dead. I love yeah. that he managed to get his final swing in, get his revenge, and die. They the both kill each him. other at the same time. They both kill each other at the same time. And and what's interesting about that is the whole warrior code of the Vikings or getting into Valhalla is you have to die by the sword. Yeah. So the interesting thing is, you know, both Fjolnir. And you even see the vision that he has at the end, uh, Amleth's vision of being carried by the Valkyrie with braces uh, to Valhalla, um, which is pretty cool. Um, And it's nice to know that, you know, because at the end of the day, this is a revenge story. But when you actually understand the story, Amleth's been led on a sort of merry chase of the fates, as it were, whereas... What Fjolnir did necessarily wasn't. He's not necessarily the bad guy. No, no. Do you know what? Do you know what I mean I'm, by that? I, so, but, I don't think we covered this enough actually when we spoke about the twist with uh, Nicole Kidman. But it's such a brilliant twist because, yeah, it like it's Lady Macbeth. You know, it's like it's like she's the one convincing him to do something. Well, but do you know what I mean? But also, but also that. Like maybe she was the victim to start with, and the the, right. the father that Amleth is avenging might have mm-hmm. been a terrible human a being, and like, and that's right, and that's right, because she even says she was a slave. Yeah, she 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 was a slave. She was taken in. She was essentially raped by this king, and then groomed 
to give him a son. And that is essentially what has happened. So Amleth's gone on this big journey, which for him is of revenge and redemption for his family. But at the end of the day, he's probably on the wrong side of the coin of here. The truth. You know? Yeah. Mm. And that's what makes it a fascinating story because you're still rooting for Amleth because that's all he knows. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's that's his truth. That's his truth. That's the thing that he's grown up knowing. Mm. And then you've got Nicole Kidman's side of it and Fiona's side of it. And that's why it's a tragedy because it's, you know, it's this idea of just mixed up emotions, storylines. Obviously, there's a lot of blood, <laughs> death, uh, but and just ultimate tragedy amongst his family. That, that, you know, the whole, that you know, layer of complexity, like... That's it's it's it actually makes it a fantastic story. Like, um, yeah. you know, we we we've mentioned that it it's a, a relatively simple narrative, and uh, and mm-hmm. I guess it is in terms of structure. But then you get to that that point, which is quite close to the end, and it's like the structure, or not the structure, but the line of narrative just goes, "Whoa, what the? F- who? Hold on, who yeah. am I supposed to be rooting for here?" Um, that's right. But I, I love That's it. Right. I think it's fantastic and it's so well done. And actually now on reflection, it is Nicole Kidman who who reveals that. Um and she tells and it all. She a, says it's it. a great it like scene. It is. it is a great scene. So yeah, let's kudos mm. to Kidman. Kudos to Kidman. And I guess the only thing that good that comes out of it is the Skarsgard and um Olga relationship where they make a whole new line and all of this bad blood is gone yes. now um, which is kind of like you know like a new tree growing and they get added to the tree of kings it's quite nice um, but overall just a fantastic film like um, visually re- remarkable um, you know historically and sort of the, the, the themes that it leans on are so so interesting to me and I, I'm, I just want to read more about it. Like yeah. Norse mythology is, you know, I'm actually quite big into my mythology, Gareth. But I'd say Norse is one of my biggest sort of, um, sort of plot holes. I love like oh, Egyptian mythology, Norse Ro- is the Romans, best. Greeks. But I've, uh, I've actually not done much Norse. I mean, obviously, I know the gods and stuff like that, but I don't know the, some of the wives' tales and some of the things like the story of Amleth and stuff like that. So I'm going to do a bit more reading into it because you want to borrow me, my book, I love mate. some of the shit. I'll lend you my book. Well, could do, yeah. Lend it to me. Put a little library, one of those library uh, front things and put a little stamp in it, say when it's due back. And You get two weeks, but yeah. you can come back and renew that mm-hmm. anytime you want, for as Beautiful. long as you want, for Beautiful. free. That's how a library works. Lovely stuff. Well, that's it. That's it for the Northman. I think uh, we've we've delved into it. I think overall our takeaway is go see this movie. I'd have loved to have had John on this podcast because I feel like this is a film that he would have really appreciated but not loved. Um, Do you reckon? You reckon he wouldn't have loved I it? I reckon he... I don't think it's his kettle of fish, fermented kettle fish. Fermented um, fish. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll find out in the next 60 minutes what he actually thinks about it. Um, but I do know that the next podcast we have coming up is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Hopefully in a week or so, uh, we're going to try and see that this weekend um, whenever we can. Um, now Gareth's not got gastro maybe we'll you know be able to go to the cinema together which would be nice yeah um, and then we're going to come back to you with our thoughts on that like we said Marvel feels very tired however um, you know Spider-Man was a massive success um, Four and we've been <laughs> yeah 
five for me. And we've been looking forward to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because it leans into some things that we really like, like multiverse theory yep. and crazy alternate threads and stuff and visuals that are crazy, you know? So um, tune in for that one because the Marvel podcasts never disappoint because there's always so much to talk about. Whether it's and, and there's going to be fucking spoilers up the yin yang. There's going to be fucking, you know, there's fucking X Men in this film for God's sakes. It's going to be crazy. Mm. I, I, I don't even know what to think was going to happen. But tune in for that next week sometime. Um, we will have our review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Anyway, Gareth, uh, thank you for joining me in uh, my kingdom of Hafnlofnir today. Mm. Um, beautiful. To it's a beautiful podcast. Language. Mm. Bloody lovely. Uh, we're going to go drink mead and blood of our victims I, now. Gareth, um, Raven Hair shall go <laughs> and have salmon for uh, dinner I, Len CGI cock will uh, go <laughs> and also <laughs> some more fermented uh, fish it's important, um, th- thanks for yours is yeah, CGI <laughs> yeah, can that's confirm right. That's right. Right. They, they had to make it smaller Gareth that's the, that's the joke because it was too big they, 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 they painted they, just the one on your head mate it. yeah yeah. yeah, they painted it green, Gareth, and then they've like halved it. So it's normal size now. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, dear listeners. Uh, we'll speak to you in the next one for Multiverse Madness. Catch you later. Why are they painting um, it green?